for another episode of the Ruby Hour podcast. I have the amazing Marin Anderson, um, one of my favorite humans here in Charleston. Um, I always like to connect people between who is this person and, and who have you been in my life? And you're somebody that I've known from, you know, we were in a couple small group settings together and I feel like I got to meet you as this soulful person soul to soul first and then seeing what you're doing in the world with your business um your how you bring people together so I would love to have you share a little bit about who are you in our Charleston community um talk about a little bit of your work and then let's go from there Sounds good. Yeah. Um, first, it's well. I'm. A, I didn't drop any names, so I'm Marin Liv Anderson Moore, and I almost dropped Anderson because then it would be Marin Liv Moore. Oh. Which people that know me know that that's kind of my mojo. However, you know, being attached to Anderson and almost naming one of our boys Anderson, I couldn't let that go. So I oh. kept it all. So Marin Liv Anderson Moore. But yeah, um, it was pretty unique to meet you in you know, a more, I guess, deep, intimate, spiritual setting and then come out of that and also connect on just like a high vibe, everyday energy. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun and also super awesome why we get to just sit. And it's funny that it's like the first time I'm sitting on the couch having kind of a more dialogue with you for recording it, but it's awesome. Yes. And the fact that we also lift weights together. Right. I feel like that needs to be brought into the perspective of like, it's like I've known you from the soulful part of society. I've seen what you're up to in the business world. And then it's also like we both get our butts whipped by Emily. Yeah. Um, At Gold's Gym. And we're like, take the same classes, like the same spots in the gym. Yeah. You know, we're like Mm -hmm. up front, like, Mm -hmm. let's get the message from Emily. Mm -hmm. Let's crush it while we have this hour. Yeah. It's awesome. Going to church and weightlifting uh, simultaneously. Absolutely. Think of it. Um, Tell me a little bit about your business. So I guess, um, well, I have multiple. (laughs) Um, Kids Garden um, was born in 2012, and I'd say that's like, you know, my main focus. Since then, we've um, franchised the company. So the garden, the franchise company of Kids Garden is called Harvest the Garden. And then, as you know, Josh and I brought a property out in um, Ridgeville, South Carolina, and turned that into an outdoor wedding and events venue, and that's Natural Gathering Grounds. So I actually was looking at Andrea Serrano's um, new website and some of her posts, and she was just this is also a mutual friend of ours that once again, I just love what Charleston has created and why we're sitting here today is like, you know, giving each other pats on the back and keeping the circle in this community because you helped Andrea Serrano with a reel. Mm-hmm. Her and I both owned shops on Upper King Street years and years and years ago. Like we're talking, what was it? 2000 and five gosh I'm so bad with dates anyway I had global awakening a fair trade market and she had bizarre um her and Gus a funky clothing shop and how it's just gone full circle to like you helping her with the reel and seeing her post about she is Andrea Serrano her website and then she has all these things and she's like actually I didn't want to choose one like I'm really good at all these things And I can so resonate with that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can. And the fact that like Kids Garden was a gap that I filled and really felt the need. And from that branched out more visions and manifestations to harvest the garden and then to gathering grounds. And it's like a lot of people would say, you know, slow your roll, but they're all somehow connected because it it all goes back to like my passion. Mm. A lot, um, you know, Andrea's is obviously like fashion and I've gone shopping and things with her, but um, mine's more based around like children, nature, and teaching. Mm. I want you to explain like essentially the elevator pitch of Kids Garden. Okay. Like, is it just a daycare center? Ooh, good. Um, Even when we train staff, no. I'm a big analogy person. So first I'll give you my elevator speech and then I'll back it up. Um, Kids Garden is a drop-in creative arts learning center in a sentence. So drop-in creative arts learning center. We do keep 
take care of children during the day, but the idea is that we are not a traditional daycare. Um, we're kind of like the alternative um, childcare gap fill-in. So like how we love Gold's Gym, you know, you can join as a member at Kids Garden or you can just drop into a class, right? So like you and I love our set schedule and our set classes. We have a lot of kids that come to our set programs like preschool or some that come to all of our kids yoga. And then we have families who are like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. It's so good to see you. And they just like drop in for a week because they need some help and support. So it's bringing flexibility and spontaneity back to parents, but also within it, again, just like Gold's Gym, you know, there's a reason we go back to Emily because she's an amazing instructor and we know what she's going to teach is really going to work our bodies. That's what we do at Kids Garden. It's like the curriculum when they drop in, it is enriching. It's not just like this play center or this nanny or this babysitter, not that any of those things aren't great too, mm-hmm. but we're creating... Um, you know, within the Creative Arts Learning Center, we have a high level of curriculum. So it's that whole, like, we've got you to the parents, peace of mind for them, and um, giving them back the spontaneity and support that so many of us need, especially this last year. Mm. I think it's incredible. I love the business model. I love the fluid side of that because, I mean, I don't have children at this chapter in my life, but I feel like that is such a missing piece where parents are wanting to either find something fresh or vibrant and yeah with children there's structure is such a crucial thing but it sounds like you're able to create an avenue for parents to find their time or just a little snapshot of reprieve or you know really being able to build exactly what they need for their family and for them as individuals yes and as a you know as um a husband and wife or life partners. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely one of those parents where I just missed the baseball sign up for my 10 year old. And I'm like, why don't my friends tell me I'm supposed to do this? Like at almost 42, I still feel like other people should be helping me along the way. And when you do have a child, all of a sudden people are like, have you registered for daycare? Have you figured out what school you're going to go to? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to make sure my breast milk's coming in and that I'm eating properly. And so it really came out of this selfish, like, man, I'm just not one of those people that like pre-plans and I'm, I mean, I love and surround myself, especially in business with type A, and I'm not that. So it started with that when I was Mm. doing holistic health counseling and figuring out like, man, how do I get somebody to watch my kid for like a couple hours without planning months or years in advance for a sitter? And then where it grew is like, Looking at you know your business model, so many of the entrepreneurs now are not working a set nine to five. And so we didn't need, I didn't want Tristan at two to be in um, a daycare from eight to two or eight to six. And I also didn't want to have to pay for it. And I didn't have the capability to pay for it. So you know, I started looking around and I'm like, wow, like architects, uh, real estate agents, you know, videographers, wedding photographers, there's so many workers that don't need everyday, all day care. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was like, huh, I might be onto something. And it was Tiffany Jackson, who you've also seen. I went to her talking about opening a center for holistic care to work with women and having offering free childcare. And the more we dove in just as friends, she was like, Marin, you're really gifted with the kids. I think you should hone in on that. Mm. And she was one of one of the many, which I totally wanted to shout out in this podcast, like the amount of women mm. that have been in my circle and that have either, you know, pushed me a little bit or held my hand or supported my back through it all has been incredible. And it's just those deep conversations where you're like, man, thanks for like kind of challenging me. She's like, it would take you like five years to get women to come to the o center based on whole like uh, she's like i'm a naturopathic doctor i'm doing it i support you but let me like hone in on what your talents are and where i can see a little bit more need is and then like boom the idea sparked and just kept growing hmm. so yeah what has been your why for your love of children and this gift that you have towards taking care and nurturing young souls. Ooh, I like that. Um, I've always been drawn to children. I got my master's in education before having them. I've had my astrological chart read and, you know, 
there's certain things that you just come to this world with and I definitely am a natural mother mm-hmm. according to my chart mm-hmm. and however you take that you know it's just kind of a cool backbone um, I think what I realized with Kids Garden and walking away from holistic health counseling was it was really hard to change people's behavior you know as we get into adulthood um, there's a lot of barricades helping people change habits but what I saw the beauty of like a new seed hence the word garden with the kids is like wow I can really like plant these seeds show them create opportunities for different learning styles and give them you know they say between zero and seven is when a child's like is formed so give them these opportunities so um, my connection to children I feel like I came in with the desire to teach came from this ability to really like see the world in a I would say I'm always a glasses full half full person and kids give you that mm-hmm. you know like they're not afraid to ask the questions the other day so I recently got a haircut by another awesome woman Caro mm-hmm. um, and this little girl looked at me and goes what's going on with your hair and I was like ooh what do you think she's like I mean is it wet I was like, well, I showered, it's a little curly. I just love the ability for children to cut right through it. And also what's cool about teaching and kids garden is that we have so many different educational theories, right? Like you think of um, a biodynamic uh, farm, right? Like certain things grow next to other things. And if you harvest one thing, the soil gets richer. And what I found with my son and my own self was that while I loved Montessori, it's a theory, and I love um, Reggio, and I love play, and then I also love like some standard, just like read this highlight. Um, but creating my own center allowed me to like give it all, kind of like again, like at Gold's, like or at any sort of gym you walk into, yeah. like you can choose to get on the treadmill one day, you can do weights, you can go to a class, you know, you can meet a friend, you cannot, and I just love the idea that children come into this world so fresh so offering them different ways to learn different ways to explore and different like conceptual um tactile ways to like get into this learning process just like Mm. obviously it it ignites me Mm. long-winded answers always it's so good it's so good (laughs) it's like how many yeah like we're not all one size fits all minds and the way each of us finds our approach and I I I love that um with the different styles that's a huge thing of even you know in our company we make everyone do the strength finders 2.0 and find out you know what's your biggest uh disposition of functionality you know are you like by the book do you need to have space in your creative process with cutting a video do you need to have deadlines do deadlines make you panic and catering to each person's uh intrinsic strengths and where we can add support or minimize weakness um, so I, I love that style yeah. of um, education. So, all right, I have, I've been so excited. We've already, I've told you this, but I have been so amped to get to talk with you. Um, and knowing you beyond just somebody in a professional sense um, and just knowing a bit about your energy. So you're one of the most graceful. I'm, I'm on this kick about the stereotypical masculine dispositions of energy versus feminine. So Hmm. the context of that, um, just to, you know, using terms of masculine, feminine, for me with women, when we step into a masculine sense, my experience of it, which is purely subjective, it's my opinion, um, you know, take it or leave it. Masculine is when I feel myself step into um, kind of this like go-getter, tenacious, it's what comes out when I'm doing power clings in, in class. It's aggressive, it's overt, it's uh, you know really intense focus. Um, there's a little more rigidity that comes into my energy. Um, and I operated in that in my business world, I think in many of my personal relationships, it was a a way that I could feel safe because there's control with it. You know, you're controlling and conducting and um, 
it's a very big, bold energy. Um, so that's what I mean with masculine versus feminine is to me something that's a little softer. It's a little receptive. It's open. It's gracious. Um, it's a presence. Whenever I drop into my feminine energy, um, I slow down a little more. Mm. I speak a little bit gentler. I have a lot more things become fluid. Um, things become flexible. There's less intensity. Um, there may be the same amount of focus, but it's a different way that I'm positioning myself. Um, and and I can think of that energy in a professional sense, and I can think of that in you know personal relationships um, and in that context. So um, I'm fascinated with these polar polarizations of these ways that as women, I mean men as well, this is this works across the board, but specifically with women and with women entrepreneurs, I spent a lot of my time in that masculine push, go, meet deadlines, crush through this, like that, uh, you know, in in Emily's weightlifting classes, she's talked about the, the whole debunking the beast mode. You know, yeah. I don't want to become more of a beast. I don't need to be more beastly in my life. So I've been on this quest of how do you settle into the feminine while still conducting power mm. in a professional sense. And I paint that picture because when I think of your energy and you know, you and I have worked, we've known each other from a soulful community, doing a lot of like energy, deep diving, just like some of that personal work. Uh, but then I've interacted, we've, you know, done a little bit of video work together for gathering um, grounds and um, and even with um, Kids Garden, mm -hmm. you have that nurturing presence, I feel like is a constant for how I've seen you show up in the world in a variety of contexts. So what, talk to me about what's been your experience of the masculine set of characteristics in yourself and the feminine, and what do you think about that? Mm, okay. Um, definitely in the teaching realm. Um, well, to start, you know, whenever, as an entrepreneur and a woman going in, I immediately like sought out advice and help. And a lot of that came from other women out of comfort, right? So when I um, went to the Women's Business Center downtown, I naturally like sought out people that I would find comfort in and not that I wouldn't find comfort in a male-dominated like uh, attorney or anything like that. I have a lot of those on my team, um, but from the beginning, it was a lot of women helping. Then being with Kids Garden, um, naturally the teaching uh, profession or industry is surrounded with more women, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. most of our staff are female. Um, so I think what I've learned a lot, honestly, there is like, I probably am the opposite of your industry. Like as far as time crunching and deadlines, it's like we have a lot of um, team meetings and I've actually had to work really hard to lean into my masculine side, you know? Mm. Um, my whole team and our uh, company culture, we dive deep into the Enneagram. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Okay. So I'm a seven and sevens are always, um, you know, you're either like mind, body or heart. And I'm definitely like all in the head. Mm -hmm. So by the head, it's like you're always like almost naturally maybe a little bit more of the description you're using as the masculine. Mm -hmm. um, I would just say it's like I'm always like on to the next thing. Like, you know, I'm finishing one thing, but I'm thinking about three things ahead. And where my um, work is as a seven, because I'm like a social seven and I'm also a self-pres seven, is to get to my heart. So, um, you know, kind of like, and when you look at numerology, you know, the three, nine, six, um, and then there's the heart, head, body, and the seven doesn't really connect always with the four, and the four number is the heart. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times in my business, what I find is that I have to slow my head to get into my heart. I thought it was so beautiful that you had said grace, and I'm like, wow, I love that you've seen that. Um, 
I definitely feel like there's a lot more work to slow down and always feel people's feelings when business tends to be regardless of feminine or masculine or industry it is like okay what's next did we get that done are we you know are we heading in the right direction are we meeting our goals are we you know staffed up appropriately are the customers happy are the kids stimulated um so yeah i feel i've definitely realized that slowing down into that grace and into that heart has helped with relationship and also seeing people where they're at um as far as the i guess the masculine the big thing I've learned in business and even with like spiritual work and like um, consult is that clear and direct is kind and I will say you know working with more females and having great dialogue that sometimes I find that you know the more more words says less right so when you're giving uh, a performance review or staff feedback I find that it's like I'm fluffing the pillows instead of really just setting them down and being like this is how I want it right mm-hmm. and so that's something I would say I'm the opposite having to lean into that clear and direct is kind and more word says less and really just setting expectations and not putting emotion behind it mm-hmm. meaning you know in business make it practical and keep it straightforward but then personally making sure I lean into that heart type um, and then the only other shout out for another awesome woman entrepreneur in the feminine world is Gervais yeah and then even you know working in a predominantly female industry it's like that's some, been some of my favorite networking is you know like I loved when you were like put on something cute I'm like what yes it's Thursday I'm like gonna put some makeup on instead of just run to the gym oh my gosh but Gervais has created such an amazing thing with the champagne society and I love that it's like a sacred place for women to like come get dressed up embrace your feminine like get dressed up for no reason other than yourself yes you know and so Mm. I think just in general I have so much positive female energy in this community of Charleston that I haven't really come up against the wall that I don't know, maybe that you're describing. Mm. I think that that's beautiful. I love, um, I feel like softness begets softness. And I think of, um, you know, this, this journey that I personally have been on with finding more softness in my life and finding more of the feminine. Um, I know that when I first, um, like we're coming up on seven years of, um, you know, having my video production company here nice. in Charleston. I know. I'm like, what? I just kept telling everybody, five years, five years. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I've been here a minute. Um, yeah. But uh, I think out of my insecurity or just, you know, my lack of confidence when I first got rolling, I would, I had a certain energy that I would put out, whether it was with clients or like other like wedding or event and um, vendors where I would be like, oh yeah, like what do you got going on? Yeah, like bleh. Like it was just like this front because mm. I didn't want to show like actually, I really don't know how to get plugged into this network or how do I get on preferred vendor lists? I don't know and I don't want to seem desperate and I also, I don't want to be vulnerable. So I'm just going to cover my pink belly and show you my really nice little uh you know hedgehog sharp quills and i'm just gonna roll i'm gonna look cute but like don't get too close like Like if i show you my strength you won't see my weakness yeah Ah. and so i i would go with that energy and i surrounded myself with um even with a handful of women that were around me when i reflect back on who was influencing my I guess my perception of um, whether it was the Charleston business community or just getting into weddings, I gravitated towards women that had a very dominant, uh, let's go get them, let's put some lipstick on and just do it. Uh. And it's like, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. Like, why are we trying to fit into, I mean, it wore me out. I guess the big thing is that I recognize that energy of being in the masculine so often. Um, I was like strung out. I felt it in my body. I felt that mm. that embodiment of like just, um, yeah, my body physically was very rigid. And so it's cool. I'm thankful that in this chapter of 
life and business and you know really coming through the pandemic uh slowing down and recognizing you know the quality of life is who are my people that I can get dressed up and go to a pop-up shop and look beautiful and just for the sake of because we want to um so it's a different different rhythm um but I love I you're you're somebody that I'm like okay she's a very you know to me you're somebody that's very inspiring in our business community and the things that you've created and and built you know it's like truly creativity um and I'm like and you you have a softness about you you still to me you you carry a softness even when you are in that rigid energy I know what you're talking about yeah but it's still there's an inclusivity I've never seen you know that like like I don't I don't I don't feel venom in your in your demeanor so it intrigues me thank you because maybe I'm a little venomous sometimes well um you know that leads to a good amount of like spiritual therapy and my teacher was a man with a strong masculine role um there's a lot of people that that wouldn't work for um one thing I know that really helped me like my business opened and there was some some stuff in there that was like stagnant (laughs) and it's not for everyone but I one thing I learned with him was like he cut me open and he always said like it's way easier to do it with a sharp knife and go right in than be like slowly cut or stabbed from behind and um that being cut open, broke open, and really seeing yourself doesn't mean you're cured, right? All it does is put your guts on the table and then you decide like, okay, cool, that's what they look like. I know they're in there. They're gonna pop out every once in a while. How do I handle them? Mm-hmm. And then really being able to like sort through them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, almost like the ogre in Shrek, like just peeling the layers of onion off. And the work never stops, right? Like I told mm-hmm. you today, um, waiting for you for a moment like I'm so grateful I was always like late and I was actually early and trying to learn these new habits and then having a journal in my car to be like this has actually worked out perfect because mm-hmm. I have a journal these are all things he taught me along the way mm-hmm. and did I do them every time no way and how many times did I have to learn them over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and I still like refer to his acronyms and old journals and um but I do feel like I learned a lot of depth about myself um but it like I said it's just just like entrepreneurship right like you figure out one thing or parenting it's like you get through one stage and then there's the next Mm -hmm. so it's like the challenge never stops but hopefully the toolbox is there to help Mm. what brought you to doing that emotional work what was what was happening in your life where you had a moment where you're like i i need support i've left charleston a handful of times lived in other places i had just gotten back um and i was like you know everybody was kind of in a all my people were in different spots and while it was great to like see them all there was just this like disconnect and it was one of those uh, a friend of mine that was like hey you want to go it was like called group in like a church and I'm like yes absolutely like I've always had a connection with God and you know whatever that is for different people like it's always been you know a co-pilot and so I was like absolutely I'm interested to check it out and immediately in the first like circle knew that I was like okay I I don't want to just be in a group like I want some one-on-one I think I've always sought out you know a lot of people like reading romantic dramas like if you looked at my bedside table I'm always into some sort of I hate not I don't hate but the term I guess would be self-help in like Barnes and Nobles or something but I'm always just seeking like how can I look inward and so you know after like one session there was that uh, push Mm. and I was like oh I want more of that Mm. like actually um, when I went to open up Global Awakening the one I told you about way back in the day I went to a score meeting and a guy was speaking there was like 20 of us and he was like so inspiring Chris Cooper 
And uh, he said, if anybody wants to follow up with me, I'd be more than happy to give you advice. And out of all the people, I was the only one to follow up. And here I was wanting to start a fair trade shop. He was like, what is it? He gave me like 15 reasons why it wasn't going to work. And I loved that. And I still ended up opening it up. And he's like, but I loved the challenge. You know what I mean? I didn't want somebody to be like, that's a great idea. Good you job. should do that. Yay. Best of luck. Yeah. Um, and with spiritual and like therapy work, like I have enough good girlfriends to kind of powwow with or, or, you know, moan and complain, I guess, sometimes when yeah. you need to. Yeah. Um, what I really liked was that mirror, that reflection where it was like deep work, like cutting me open to be like, guess what? The only person responsible for this is you, yourself and you. Yeah. You know, me, myself, and I. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think a lot of grace comes from, you know, uh, I don't know who says it, but it's like, before you tell other people how to clean up their house, clean up your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always, I was taught the, every time you want to point a finger at somebody, remember you have three other fingers pointing back at you. Ooh. So it's like just, you know, the, the little bit of a check of always. I like that. Um, yeah, like the triggering off of somebody else's, you know, oh, you're you're late to this thing. Ah, oh, that's so annoying. And then it's like, oh, shit, how often am I in this position? How am I, you know, it's bringing it full circle to diffuse the, the charge. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm gonna look at my questions because I've been so pumped. Okay, um, yeah, it's all good stuff. Mm, okay. Okay, this is um, a personal snapshot of a way that you and I met, and you were a part of a moment in my life that was one of the most um, transformative moments. It was. Um, during one of our group sessions and I was doing some bioenergetic rage work around an infertility diagnosis and how upset I was around that. And you physically were somebody that was helping hold the punching bag when I had physical boxing gloves on and you were holding the punching bag in addition to a few other couples and you were cheering me on and I can remember hearing mm. your voice while I was punching that. And, <laughs> you know, I could hear you just like cheering me on, touching those places of rage and heartbreak. Mm. And, um, and same with Josh, you know, your partner. He was there playing an integral role of helping me move through, um, you know, this limiting belief pattern that I'd had. But you were holding that punching bag on the floor for me with a freaking archaic looking rope and cheering me on being like get it get it go after it until I couldn't throw another punch and I collapsed on that punching bag and was sobbing and just completely soft and had nothing left to give what was that experience like for you oh um should we give a little context to people listening, like what 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 that is? Yeah. So yeah, just for anyone that you know, um, just to know, like a safe space, um, wherever you're listening from or a part of, like there are so many great. Obviously, you want to really like outsource and know your community and your people. I've been so fortunate to sit in different spiritual circles, and what that looks like is like whether it's a women's group. Um, you know, there's lots of, I think like, uh, well, you could call them health coaches or life coaches that will create this. And typically it's um, sitting in a group, the particular one um, that Shelby and I were in was couples, just wanting to work together, right? right? To like get through, you don't even really know where it starts. But I think if I could tell anyone that anything is like, you know, definitely outsource, talk to your friends, look at the person that's leading it. Um, some really deep work can come up like what Shelby was so brave to do. And so it is a very important thing to know that you're choosing like a solid group and a safe group. Yeah. And so and a, a safe container yeah. to have those types of experiences yeah. that are bringing your personal world or your personal world with your partner to the table. Yeah. So I look at it as like 
a holistic therapy or a different way to like get out there and like challenge yourself in a way that isn't just sitting one-on-one with a therapist you know um group work is everything from you know like steps to journal better to getting through some really deep stuff so being in the circle with you I mean and wow the bravery and the empathy and the connection that was felt holding space for you I mean I was just tearing up thinking about it um I've done similar works and naturally you know when you're holding space and you're with people in such an intimate setting you feel and remember the clarity and the connection of like getting it out and also being supported and then there's just such a um you know there's a an inner child work that we all go back to like protecting our own inner child and our own self and seeing you that way and then naturally I think the beautiful thing about group work is the person that is in I we always called it like the hot seat right it's it's not even always that there's no judgment there's no like what is happening it's like what's happening is happening for all of us and so naturally there's just a piece of you that connects so deeply Mm -hmm. and that's what I experienced with you it was like just a deeper connection where yeah, it's like we've never had a surface conversation since that moment, clearly, because how could we? You know, it's not like... There's no like, so what sports game are you yeah. watching this weekend after you're like, yeah, so my knuckles are bleeding. We were testing the mics and she was like, asking me what to eat, which I ate for dinner. I'm like, really? No, we can't. let's talk about something else because I don't even know what I ate for dinner, but I can go way quicker. Yeah, so it's, I mean, also there's like a little fear when you're like, oh my gosh, and one of the things I learned for, through a lot of the work that I was cut open is like, it's not my job to save people, mm. right? And so I've sat in discomfort, I've avoided my own discomfort, and then you sit in that discomfort of like, saving you would have stopped you, mm. you know? And there's so many times in life that you wanna save. Speak, what does that mean contextually? I, I love this so much, what does it mean and if someone's coming around and I'm sharing, oh, I'm really sad, I got this infertility diagnosis, I'm heartbroken, I'm, uh, what would saving look like in that moment? Oh gosh, the first thing, I guess, you know, like, well, I've got the person, you need to try this, or do you know this, and immediately like solving, or, you know, it might even be like, come to my house, I have this person, I'll even pay for you to get it done. Um, you know, it's a little trickier with inf- Infertility. I've had. I definitely have had a handful of women in my life go through it, and naturally, I've wanted to help and share advice. And there is a. I feel like it's a tightrope line of knowing where are you saving, where are you helping, but it is a lot of that sitting in the discomfort of being there to be to like hold space for what you need to get out, mm. right? Without just solving your problem. Mm. So the saving looks like. If I have tension or I'm upset, I've got a charge energetically. I'm, I'm really, uh, if I have something, saving would look like trying to come in and soothe and go, no, 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 it's okay. Let's put that fire out. It doesn't need to be here. You're going to be okay. There's these doctors. There's these. I know this. Please stop feeling bad. Yeah. Let me stop your pain because it'll help me not feel pain as well. Yes. And, and so have, what you're oof. suggesting is the the art of it is to not jump in and save somebody from their experience because it's ultimately them having the experience is the biggest gift they can have. Oh, uh-huh. 100%. And I mean, it hits me like a rock. Oh, I'm, I have learned and there have been so many times where, you know, watching a friend try to grow a business and struggle. And I'm like, okay, just tell me. And I have all these ideas, but I'm trying to like push down my sevenness and really lean in again to like get out of my head and into my heart. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it. Um, my teacher always said like, if I fall down, do not stop me from falling. Don't pick me up until I ask. And I'm like, oh, like what? Like I'm here to, and it's this innately like, you know, my mom always taught me like, have the house nice, put out the cheese and crackers, you you know, and there's a time and a place for it. But yeah, it's, it's 
allowing people to get to their experience, right? Like nobody stopped me from the hardships I had, which got me into the next thing. And I feel like everyone that you ever read about or interview, it's like they've always had some sort of people have gotten bankrupt or they've hit their rock bottom or yes, stopping that process. It's like the saving is actually like um, extinction, you know, like let them roll. And it's hard for people and definitely myself. I don't want to sit in my own discomfort and man, it's hard to watch other people sit in theirs. Especially when you're like, ask me, I could give you the answer, you know? Yes. Or, or like, oh, I'm so good at soothing and comforting. Like, just come here. Like, just, it's okay. Like, just let me hold you and we're going to just console, you know, no more bad feelings because you sitting there in pain, I don't want to think about my own pain. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's a hard one. Mm. Mm. I know, right? Because then on the opposite side as a woman, it's like, yeah. then you can be considered a you-know-what. And it's like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, finding, you know, a common place of of being there and being supportive. But you're right, not, not the rescuing, not the saving. Well, and it's the art of um, creative tension. You know, this is something um, Jessica Ruger... Jessica, if you're listening, oh, I love yeah. you. Shout out. Um, you know... Another amazing woman to lead groups. Yes. With her husband. Yes. So this whole idea of the way that tension seeks resolution. So in those moments when somebody is really fired up about a scenario or something happening in their relationship or with themselves that they're triggering off of, tension seeks resolution. If you hold the creative charge, which feels oftentimes uncomfortable, unpleasant, it's unnerving, it makes me want to eat snacks, you know, it makes, um, you know, everyone has their outlet of, oh, well, I'm just going to go jonesing for what's the pleasure release that I can relieve my tension with, and whether that looks like, you know, some people go for wanting to have a cocktail, or go get blackout drunk so that you're not thinking about these things that upset you, um, but the beauty is if you can hang in the tension and bear witness to it as best you can, it will find a resolution. And if you don't dilute that creative potency with something that's upsetting in your life, if you can sit with it long enough to look it in the face, oftentimes it will lead you to the answer to change that and to find something magical from it, if you can just be brave enough to sit with it an additional three seconds, hmm. it's these little teeny moments. So I that's been huge from the work that I did with Jessica Ruger in this last two years is in those moments. And you know, I've, in my personal world, I've had lots of uh, transformation in this last year, and um, you know, redefining my world beyond an infertility diagnosis. You know, that's something that was a really big catalyst um, in the last years of my 20s. Um, But it is like, how can we steward the discomfort? Because the discomfort will lead us ultimately to where we need to go if we can be brave enough to sit with it. Mm. And I know for me, that's been my greatest work these days is knowing and I can see it from the symptomatic side when I find myself you know I'm I love to eat my feelings so you know I when I feel myself in the middle of writing something and I hit a nerve of something that's really intense and then I'm starting to think about man wouldn't it be cool to have some like brownie bites or some sort (laughs) of I go to snacks and then I'm like ah I'm thinking about food and I don't physically have hunger right now I must be onto something. So it's almost a reverse backing up and seeing where the tension is. But I think that if we're brave enough to look at our tension and steward our tension, it often leads us. And if we don't relieve it or relieve our friend's tension of, oh man, I'm really upset about why do I keep finding myself in this cycle in my personal life or in my business? Why do I keep losing these sales? Why do I keep, and rather than being like, oh, well, it's because you're doing this or you're not doing this or you should add this. If they can find their way, that can be, they'll find their own resolution. Yeah, it's hard. 
it's hard, especially when you have like, um, you know, whether it's like a partner, a husband, or a lifelong friend, and walking that line of like, um, yeah, but that's the work we all have to do. Allow each of us to take our path. Mm, I love that. It's not always easy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But if um, it was, right, then... Then we'd all be doing it. I know. It's and just the constant challenge. The change is the constant. There's the Stephen Pressfield. He he has the book, The War of Art, that is really kindred to stewarding creative tension. Um, so similar vein. But he's like, if we all were just completely fearless and going after staying in our vein of doing our work in the world or our art or creativity, it's like... All the cigarette brands would go, they would go bankrupt. People would stop smoking. All the, you know, alcohol companies, everything we use to, like, you know, relieve our tension and create different forms of pleasure or satisfaction. Like if we were all in our creative genius? Yeah. Got it. That we wouldn't have all of our vices, like, that these different industries would collapse or have their... uh, you know, they they wouldn't they wouldn't do what they're doing now because we often I often will go for my snacks or yeah. you know whatever the the tension reliever. There's is. always something in our head that will also like you know we talk about not saving other people, but how many like I guess your snacks is that saving you? Yes, right. And we yes. all have that where it's like, Ooh, I'm not gonna think that. I'm just gonna protect myself and put my guard up. And then it's like, ooh, or I could lean into it and figure out a little more depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a book that I loved and got me through 2020 is Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's got the four questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I've even taught it to the kids, my two kids, because it's just so beautiful. Like, is it true? You know, it's like, and she, you know, it's definitely worth a read, but a lot of it goes into that, like, headspace of like letting go of the chaos and the overthinking and the uncertainty and just accepting what is Mm. like wow my friend has chosen not to call me back or text you back and the brain and the thoughts and then it's like and that's what is you know and allowing these like next things instead of creating this mental game Mm. of you know psychosis where you think you know everything but yeah yeah, I need more of that in my life of accepting what is. Yeah, just, ex- I mean, and she goes deep and then gives lots of scenarios and then even takes it to, like, really difficult scenarios where, like, is it true? Mm. You know, do you know, can, how do you know it's 100% true? Mm. And then, you know, the question, the four questions are awesome, but anyway. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, talk to me about... When you feel, you know, whether you think of it as stress or, you know, from like I like the language of in my chapter of life right now around when I feel myself going into such a hyper masculine, heady energy where I I'm like on guard. Um, If you ever find yourself in that particular energy that's actually draining to you. What do you do personally as Marin? What do you do? to soften or recharge or find connect with pleasure what are rituals or um activities things what do you do yeah um gathering grounds is definitely my happy place and going back to like my astrological chart i even asked her at one point because i was like i don't know how to calm down what are my things (laughs) um and she always she was like two things that will always call me or staring at a fire um, and being near water and in nature. And so she wow. was like, it's no shock that you bought 54 acres and like to be out there. Um, hmm. It definitely is, you know, it sounds kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily cliche, but just staring at a fire, being outside, um, you know, being by a pond. I love sitting on either my porch on James Island or my porch um, out at the farm and just sitting you know, with a cup of coffee, with, um, you know, either a book that I'm reading, try to do every, you know, the 10 minute, just like silence. Um, but also just being watercolors are really soothing. But as a seven, you know, again, Enneagram numbers, we're always like, and the next thing and the next thing. So it's like, I'm really good at, you know, maybe like 
the five minute journal and then I'll do it for six months and then be like, well, I haven't done that for a year. So I wouldn't say I'm so much uh, into like rituals as I am um, really good at unplugging. Like when I'm in it, I'm in it and then getting away. Mm. Our family loves to like camp. Last night we were sitting around the table, my sister's in town, we were playing a game called um, We're Not Really Strangers. It's like just fun little questions. Um, and the first one is perception. And the question to my, I asked it to my husband was, you know, what's one thing you'll know that I'll splurge on? And anyone knows me, like, I probably still have Goodwill pants from like college. Like, I'm not a spender. And he like thought for a minute and he was like, vacation. I'm like, yes. Like, I've always said work hard, play hard, um, all through like school or grad, you know, anything. It was always like save up money to go on a trip. Um, I feel like that's always been my escape is like getting out in a way, like not being inside, but going somewhere. You know, of course it used to be concerts and stuff. Those are coming back. I okay. love the, yeah. Final open-ended question. Okay. Um, what would you, what do you wish, if you could offer advice to Marin? from 10 years ago or someone that was in your shoes maybe starting I mean did you have kids garden created a decade ago 2012 so almost but not quite okay yeah so when you think back did you have several different interests at that time what was like a little snapshot where because you're a you're kind of a multifaceted creative person so if you were to look back what would you like to give permission to her to do? What do you wish someone would have been like, Marin? this is, you do this. Uh-huh. I mean, it's interesting because I think most people that know me would be like, that girl doesn't need permission. Because <laughs> I followed it. I was waiting tables and I like went for it. I mean, I would just say, yeah, go for it. Like, um, but 10 years ago, like permission or advice, I mean, I definitely feel like when you get to that push, you just go. So back then, I had a, a handful of people that were, you know, weren't 100%, but I also had people behind me. Um, what do you mean you had people behind you? Uh, like, you know, I met with um, a good friend, Curry, that's a realtor, spieled the idea, and she could have been like, huh? She was like, let's get out there. Let's try to, you know, get you a spot. And a lot of people didn't get the concept and it took us a couple go rounds, but she was like, and then sure enough, we got a spot that was, you know, the first spot I thought we had to have. And then the second spot was actually the one that was perfect. Um, so, hmm, what would be my, to 10 years ago, man, I feel like I could almost, that person could probably give me advice now, you know, to just keep asking the questions, keep finding the people that will make you think, go deeper. Cause you know, 10 years ago was that like deep spiritual work, still doing it, but yeah. sorry. So the direct question was the advice or what? Yeah, but I'm kind of loving where you're going with this of recognizing, you know, just what would you, what advice would you offer to 10 years younger uh -huh. Marin? What would you want to give her a heads up about or be like, girl, go for this or don't be afraid of this or you know keep pressing into this one thing that you're really good at huh um in business I wish I would have learned more things like technology wise you know I even now I like getting into like the google docs and calendars and I'm like god I could have saved a lot of time if I would have just um so yeah I think good habits that's that's what's coming up is like um I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Greatest Salesman in the World, and there's different scrolls. And right now, the the first scroll is like, as an adolescent, we're a slave to like impulse, um, like that's just what we go to, and kind of greed and lust. And um, as we age, we need to like transform that into just like these good habits that we form. Mm -hmm. um, something that's coming up is like discipline in one area leads to discipline in others. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that like you've been bad, you know, yeah. not disciplining a child in a negative way, but more just like having the rituals, like following through, 
um, you know, creating principles and values of your life and living them, not just being excited about them and journaling them and then forgetting them six months later. What Ooh, keeps you... So that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. What keeps you practically? What are drivers that have been successful for you with building habits in your life? <sighs> Hard. I think um, the rate of return, right? Like working out at Gold's Gym, I've been doing since, you know, because I can feel it. Yes. Right? Immediately, it's like, whew, my day feels better. I sleep better, mm. you know? So it's always the mm. things that I'm like, oh, that worked. Um, mm. It's the ones that don't work as quickly, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I think it's Joel Peck in, in the book of um, Driven Life Purpose, like instant gratification. You know, you see it a lot in kids, right? Yes. And uh, I'm about to be 42, and I still like instant gratification, but it's the habits that you don't have instant gratification from that are harder, right? And oftentimes maybe the greatest where we... Uh. You know, they're the underneath the surface, like if you keep chipping away at it. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be my advice to myself 10 years ago is like formulate good habits mm-hmm. and live, live and know your like life's mission and principle and really adhere to it because it, it just keeps you on a straighter path. Not I- that the detours were what they were, right? Like yes. we all have them um, and the pullovers and the pit stops, but... If you want a smoother ride, it just helps you know like, huh, I want to take this route because it does go with my principles, even though it's going to take me longer, even though I might get to a dead end, I'm willing to do it because it's a part of my values and my principles. How do you keep track of your values and principles? Do you write? Do you record? Do you like speak, record, voice memos? Any? How do you remember? Um, I Really, it was like all that deep uh, spiritual work and journaling and going back to them. Um, I've written like a mission, you know, of course you create things for your business, but it's like, how do you do that for your own individual self? And so, you know, doing that and going back. And I think as we change and evolve, um, it, it changes with us, right? Like one thing I think I've learned a lot through 2020 and Emily actually spoke to this. I love my takeaways from her classes is unity is not uniformity. And I had to like sit with that, like, wow, whether you're talking politics, dietary choices, um, how you work out, uh, what you eat, where you shop, right? Like there can be unity in all of it, but it doesn't mean we're all doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And so that really spoke to me, like with, you know, teaching children at Kids Garden, right? Like we have this unity center come but there's not uniformity in what they're doing and how they're doing it. They're all learning different, touching, feeling, exploring in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. And it, like, I almost would wish that was like a billboard. Tim Ferriss always asks people on his podcast, like, what would you put on a billboard? And like, Emily, you nailed it. Like, unity is not uniformity. Like, we all have our individual things we came in with and we're gonna leave with and we came to learn, right? And we all have different values, and that's okay Mm. to not know that, like, you and I have a lot of unity in the things clearly, like, that we're into, but we're not, like, showing up in the same uniform and doing the exact same moves. Like, we have our uniqueness, and I think that's um, something to really embrace. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Love where this all goes. We could do this for days. Yep. I love it. Um... Lauren, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, Thanks for your grace that I uh, was freaking late this morning. Oh, I love Um, it. No problem. That was just perfectly full circle of everything we just talked about. Um, How can people get in touch with you or, you know, if they have any follow-up questions around anything that we talked about or if they're like, I would love to get a cup of coffee with you, um, what's an easy way that people can um, follow up with you? Yeah, we're, um, well, both businesses are on all the social spaces, so um, Kids Garden and Natural Gathering Grounds. Okay, so um, Kids Garden, what is their the Instagram handle? Uh, at Kids Garden, okay. right, and then at Natural Gathering Grounds. Okay, so at Kids Garden and at Natural Gathering Grounds. Grounds, you got it. Awesome. Yeah, that's where you find me. And 
yeah, I'm super excited. There's a lot ahead um, with all, you know, I feel like women and entrepreneurs in this year, and super excited to see what all comes about. We're gonna make some magic. Yeah, it's pretty. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. This is fun. It's a sexy smile Looking forward to see you I hope I won't lose control Love you every night No checking the time Just us loving you